Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the wicked, and those Ninevites was wicked, but that prophet was wicked too. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon Says Isaiah 55, 7, Jonah's inability to forgive is like many in the church today where you have people getting saved here at Maranatha, people getting revived here at Maranatha, people getting saints getting delivered here at Maranatha, saints rejoicing in the God of their salvation here at Maranatha, while others leave out of the worship celebration, walk out the door discontented, bitter, sulking, complaining, resentful, and questioning things that are not right according to their own personal perspective, much of which is born out of an unforgiving spirit. Jonah should have still been thankful for his extraordinary deliverance from the great fish, and we too should be thankful for God's grace and deliverance in our life today. Why was Jonah angry? As God's prophet, Jonah should have known that God is not a respecter of person when it comes to salvation. As God's prophet, he was God's prophet. Jonah should have known that God is not a respecter of persons when it comes to salvation. First Timothy chapter two, verses three and four says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All people are created in the image of God and his mercy is available without favoritism. God's mercy is available without discrimination. His mercy is available regardless of one's race, socioeconomic status, position, failures or wicked behavior. As we can see in the case of the Ninevites, God loved them unconditionally and out of his infinite compassion made salvation available not only to the Ninevites, but for all who would believe and receive God's word. Verse 11 says, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. More than, that's a lot of people in that town lost. And if God were to say the same thing in America, I wonder what, what kind of number would be affixed to it. How many folk are lost in America? How many folk are lost in Texas? How many folk are lost in San Antonio? How many folk are lost in Converse? Let's get even personal. How many folk are lost sitting right here at Maranatha? 
in spiritual darkness. Oh, you dressed up, your hair's real nice, nice suit, nice tie, designer glasses, nice nails. But you're in darkness. You have no relationship. You can be lost in the house of God amidst the people of God, but don't have the life of God living in the soul of man. What is church membership if you don't have a relationship with Jesus? And the hardest way to go to hell is from the church house. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Look at that compassion. Beloved, God is sovereign and has a right to do whatever he so desires. In this verse, God is teaching prophet Jonah an amazing truth that his mercy can reach anyone, even people who have sunk to the lowest depths of human depravity. God could save anyone who cries out in humble contrition. He can save. Their spoke in prison have done so the most wretched thing and get saved. Get saved. Chuck Colson, bless his heart, he's with the Lord now, was, was in that uh, administration of Nixon and did some uh, wrong things, some sinful things, ended up in jail, got saved, and now he has that project, the Christmas tree project for children of inmates and all of these things. And even though he, he's gone, his work is still speaking. And, and you know what? People can remember the evil you do. But when they get saved, they don't even say, but he got saved. Because you, you know why? You, you judge him. Oh, he ain't saved. He just said that because he went to prison. Who put you in a judgment seat? Who put you in the judgment seat? Get out the judgment seat. Beloved, God is sovereign and has a right to do whatever he so desires. In this verse, God is teaching prophet Jonah an amazing truth. That his mercy can reach anyone, even people who have sunk to the lowest depths of human depravity. Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should come to hell is that bad. Hell is that bad. Hell burning and can't be burned. You'll, you'll be given a body that's indestructible and, and won't die. Burning eternally without being consumed. Darkness. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. No peace. No water. No contentment. A spiritual crisis that will never go away. No Bible there. You didn't want the Bible. You won't have one in hell. You didn't want a witness. No witness in hell. Okay, God said, okay, you mad at the witness. When you go, no witnesses in hell. You mad at the Bible. No Bible in hell. You don't want to hear the preacher. No preacher in hell. 
except those who are phony and fakes and prosperity folk and folk who preach on Sunday and pastors who live like hell on Monday. Yeah, hell is that bad. And God, God was doing everything to keep Nineveh from going to hell. When are you going to get that desperate to see people saved because you don't want to see them go to hell? You so mad at them? You so angry at them? How could they? And God looks at you and says, how could you? Oh my God, help me Lord. Beloved, the God who judges sin is also the same God who have mercy on those who repent and cry out to him for deliverance like the wicked Ninevites in chapter 3. Absolutely no one is too hard to God, for God. And furthermore, we do not know, listen to this, we do not know the ultimate destiny of the individual souls of people. Stop saying he's going to hell, she's going to help me. You don't know. You're not in their body. You not you don't you you not in their hearts. I believe heaven's gonna be a surprising place. You're gonna say some of these folks you got in hell, hell might be in heaven, and some of these folks you think in heaven you gonna be saying, well, where is he? Where is she? <laughs> Stop judging. I said the other day. I said here you can put the Bible on the uh, on the corpse, put a cross around them. You, put, you can say rosaries and say to our Lord's prayer on them. You, you know, if they've been living like, if they've been, if they went, uh, you know, if they went to hell just drinking and cussing and smoking, let them go, uh, uh, put them in the box with a cool in their hand. You know, <laughs> they, if drugs and all this, what the marijuana, opium. I mean, that Bible being on that corpse don't change their destination. I said, oh, he's preaching hard. It's only the truth that's going to set you free. You think all these, you can have 50 crosses around your neck. If you, you're not saved by the blood of Jesus, you're going to hell with them 50 crosses around your decaying neck. <laughs> Therefore, we must allow God to be the judge and we must not put ourselves in the judgment seat, determine who is saved and who is lost. A person, you know, I'm going to show you how merciful God is. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's, I don't understand this. It doesn't seem fair, but, you know, God has the right to do that. There are people who can live like the devil for 80 years. And two minutes before they die. Y'all know where I'm going. They receive Christ. They cry to God. The tears flow. And they trust Christ and they say, I'm sorry for the way I lived, how I treated my wife and how I was irresponsible daddy and neglected your word. God have mercy on me, a sinner. God, would you save me? I believe in your death, burial and resurrection. And two minutes before they die, they change destiny, breathe their last, die and end up in heaven. Isn't that amazing? You say God can't do that. Oh, you're right. Oh, yes, he can. Yeah, say, it, say it with me. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. 
Oh, y'all don't say, see, y'all don't believe God can do that. Say, oh, yes, he can. Oh, y'all not saying that. Oh, yes, he can. You want to know a Bible example? The thief on the right. He was on the cross. He couldn't do nothing for himself. He was just hanging there. He was lashing out at the Savior. But after a while, he started looking at God so long that something started happening to him on that cross. He got converted. He said, Father, when you, when you, when you enter in your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus stopped dying and said, hold up, death. Looked over at that thief and said, this day, you will be with me in paradise. He couldn't do one good deed for God. And yet God was going to meet him in glory. So don't you tell me what God can't do. If they come in at the last second, praise God. You've been serving 50 years and go to heaven. Praise God. There are parables on that too. I wish I had time to go through all those. Time just won't let me. So get out the judgment seat. Number five. Jonah lost sight of the character of God. That's why he was angry. He lost sight of the what? The character of God. Uh, Jonah 4, 2c says, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Well, then if he knew that, what's your problem, Jonah? Slow to get angry and fill with unfailing love. If Jonah knew that God was merciful, compassionate, slow to get angry and fill with unfailing love, then why could he not just embrace the character of God and be at peace with himself? He knew all of this. Why couldn't he just embrace the character of God and be at peace with himself? This would have brought about a common effect and he would not have been so angry that God would uh, save a wicked people. The same attributes that God manifested toward the Ninevites, he also demonstrated toward rebellious, angry, fugitive Jonah. And he has demonstrated that same love and character toward us today. Last couple of thoughts. Like Jonah, why do Christians complain? He was a complaining preacher. Now, that's why I don't come (laughs) up here complaining. Because that's enough of that out there everywhere. You don't have to look for complaining. You find that. Children complain. I don't want that. I don't like, I don't want I don't want pepperoni. I want sausage. I I, 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 I don't want to go to Fiesta Fiesta, Texas. I want to go to SeaWorld. Ain't mad because they're out there for Fiesta, Texas. You know? I don't want black. I want white. I don't want dog. I got white meat. Thank God you can eat. I want dog meat. You mad because all the dog meat gone. Relatives got all the dog meat. Only dessert left is the one you don't like. And you can complain. Mess up your Thanksgiving. Like Jonah, why do Christians complain that we'll be done? A, when we are angry like Jonah, we will complain. When we are angry like Jonah, we will complain. Verse two says, so he complained. There it is, that's the word. To the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that 
you would do this, Lord, that that is why I ran away from Tarshish. Jonah complained because he was angry and he did not get his own way. My friend, isn't this true of us today? We can act so ugly, mean, hateful, and make everyone around us absolutely miserable when we cannot get our own way. Isn't it sad that Jonah justified his own rebellion against God by complaining? Complaining against the work of God, complaining against the move of God, complaining against revival from God, complaining about the deliverance of God, folk getting delivered and he's complaining. So much in this passage. B. Jonah lost sight of his calling from God. That's why he complained. He lost sight of his calling from God. Had he kept in mind of what he was called to do, he would have humbly submitted to the calling. He would have humbly submitted to his calling, his mission, and his purpose, and saved himself from divine chastening from God. He was a prophet and he knew it. He was a preacher and he knew it. He was called by God and he knew it. He was commissioned by God and he knew it. He forgot his calling was from God. Jonah chapter one, verses one and two says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, Jonah, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. Go preach against it. God blesses those who submit to his will without procrastination or outright defiance and rebellion. See, Jonah complained because he was not thankful. That's, that's why. He was not thankful. If he were grateful for his own deliverance from the great fish, as well as the deliverance of the Ninevites from God's imminent judgment, there would have been no room in his heart for anger and complaining. Beloved, it is impossible to complain, be angry, and be thankful at the same time. I say it again. It is impossible to complain, be angry, and be thankful at the same time. Psalms chapter 50 verse 15 says, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. An absence of gratitude ushers in discouragement. An absence of gratitude ushers in resentment like Jonah. An absence of of gratitude ushers in discontentment. When you're not grateful, then it destroys your motivation. You know what? A thankless spirit will do. It steals your joy. You can't sing joy to the world. And it hinders you from glorifying God. All because you're not thankful. You're not thankful. Why was, was Jonah complaining? And some Christians, some Christians complain because like Jonah, they are very angry have a bad attitude and a bad spirit. You're angry, bad attitude, bad spirit. And so you complain. Your wife can't do anything right. Your husband can't do anything right. 
You criticize, you, your children can make all A's and B's in one C and you criticize them up and down over that C. Jonah chapter four, verse one says this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry, very angry. Some of you have been too angry this year. You've, you haven't been as productive as you can be. You haven't cultivated a relationship with your children and your grandchildren as you could. God couldn't take you to new levels in him because of a spirit of anger. Anger will wipe you out. It will give you ulcers, migraine headaches. It breaks the unity of the spirit, makes you sick. Medicine can't cure it. God cures the anger. You can't even glorify God and celebrate Jesus because of anger. You see, a bad spirit. Psalms 51.10 also says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Beloved, when you focus on just how good God has been to you, to see another year reflecting on this alone should turn your anger into a spirit of rejoicing. When you thank God that you're sitting here in God's house, there are people in intensive care right now. There are people struggling to breathe right now. There are people who don't know their names right now. And here you are in your right mind. You walked in here. You drove yourself in here and you and you're going to drive yourself back home by faith. What on this side of heaven are you angry about? Straighten yourself up and get happy in the Lord. Therefore, do not. Be like Jonah. Don't be angry. Don't be complaining, but rather listen and follow the the instructions of the Lord, as well as those in authority over you with obedience and a right spirit. God will not bless a life whose attitude and spirit are not acceptable before him. In closing, Psalms 1914 says, let the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Now, when your mouth is right, your heart is right. Then you'll be thankful. Oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Use your mouth to bless others, starting with your family. No, even first, starting with God. Bless God. Worship God. Worship God. Esteem, extol, magnify God. Edify the church, the people. Lift the spirit of others who need a word of healing from your mouth. Who need a word of encouragement from your heart. Who need a word of hope in the midst of hopelessness. That's what we need this season. And it cannot be done if you're angry. Some of you here today, as I close, you're angry because people are not living up to your expectation. They're not where you think they ought to be. Some of you are angry because you've you've lost ground and can't seem to gain. Some of you are angry because you're letting that same old habit beat you up 
and you keep revisiting that thing that's haunting you. That's a curse to you. I submit to you today, you turn to Jesus and he alone will save, deliver, rescue, and heal. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, thank you for this message. So much in it this season. Truth be told, all of us in here, we all have some journal ways about us that we need to deal with. And you brought us here to hear this message so we can truly be grateful this season. I pray that transformation come to the hearts of your people. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 821-5683.